Good evening, everybody, and welcome. We were roommates with you. Tonight's class is titled The Four Worlds Part 3. The Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was going around from shul to shul. And he comes into one shul and everybody there is talking. There's no prayers happening. And the Valshamtov looks around and he says, this shul is full of prayer. This shul is full of prayer. Continues, he goes to another show, and everybody is praying beautifully. And he says, There is no prayer here. So students say, My high, what is this? The show where no one was praying was full of prayer. The show where everyone was praying was empty. How could that be? Every time we pray, we create every letter, every Hebrew letter we, we say creates an angel. And our method of prayer, our thinking, will decide if the angel will be crippled or healthy. There's something called a crippled angel. So the shul where everybody was talking was full of prayer. All of those words of prayer. Mm-hmm. All of the holy words that were created, all of the holy angels were crippled. And they remained in the shul. It was packed. Because everything just remained inside. But the shul where everybody was praying, and there was focus, meaning, it was empty. The moment the prayer was said, it went straight on high. This idea of we having the ability to take our prayer, our divine service, and elevate it, or unfortunately leave it here, is something (coughs) that we're going to touch upon, we're going to touch upon tonight. But we're going to begin by talking about the greatest of the four worlds, the world of Atzilus. Kabbalah teaches us that for there to be a world, Hashem had to create I decided to put the best face on tonight. I was waiting. I was waiting for what. What was that? It's about time. And you know, a broken, a broken clock is correct twice, twice a, day. a day. Yes, that's about the way my life is going. The. Um, you didn't involve your. To create to create this physical world, ex nihilo, something from nothing. The process necessitated the creation of four worlds. The greatest of them being Atzilus. There were two rabbis that were walking along the path and one turns to the other and says, define for me the essence of God. He says, I can. It's impossible. The essence of God is God cannot be defined. He nudges him. He says, no, no, no. Divine. And the man starts to give a little bit of an explanation and his friend taps him on the back. He says, I wanted to see if he would even try to give a little it's impossible the essence of God cannot be described there's no description when it comes to the world of Atsilos 
which is the greatest of the four worlds, the closest thing, the closest item or, to, to the emanator, the blessed Ein Sof, Atsilus is such a great world that if one would understand what we're talking about, you wouldn't be able to pronounce the word fully. Why do, why do I say such a statement? Because you can't imagine it. <coughs> I have a story to share. I'm waiting for the inspiration of Israel to come. It's coming. It's com- I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> the Alter Rebbe, listen to this story. The Alter Rebbe used to refer to Atzilus as above, Oibin. Instead of using the word Atzilus, he would just say above. Why? We learned that this is because of intense emotion. And even when he would write the word Atzilus, he would only write the first three letters with a dash to tell you to complete the word. In other words, if we would understand what the world of Atzilus is, we wouldn't be able to pronounce the word. (laughs) So what is Atzilus? What is Atzilus? And this is where we're holding here, chapter 39, in the Tanya. Here's the Tanya. Page 192. Atzilus, we're going to learn, is a world that we can't comprehend. Page, again, chapter 39, page 192. Sure. Atzilus is a world we cannot understand because I, I cannot understand. I'm a human. Maybe you're not a human. Maybe you're an angel. You'll tell me. But human beings with our limited mind cannot understand the world of, of Atzilus or godliness that is there. Yes, David. Can one contemplate or, or witness Atzilut without being a part of it to wit. Was Ezekiel part of Atzilut or was he merely witnessing Atzilut? I believe what we'll learn now will help us. Okay. Let's see it. Page, chapter 39, page 192, right-hand column, the world of Atzilut. However, do we have the place? Yes. Yeah. 192, right-hand column. You're with me more, Basha? Well, I have a different book. If you could oh. tell me when the... Um... Is it on 191? <laughs> <laughs> the world of Atsilos, however, is beyond the intelligence, comprehension, and understanding, the Chachma Bin Andas, of a created intellect. I, a created human, cannot understand the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of Atsilos because the Chachma Bin Andas Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of the ain't so far, the emanator, the blessed ain't so, blessed is he, are united with it therein in perfect unity. A profound and wonderful unity which infinitely excels in degree and form that which is found in the world of Bria. So if we look at this chart, Atsilos is on the top, closest to the emanator. And, and the Sephiros of Atsilos, the ten Sephiros of Atsilos, are united with the, with the Ein Sof in a profound and wonderful unity. 
Much greater than the second world, the world of Bria. What's in Bria? For in the latter world, in the second world, they descended to give light by means of Simsum. So to, between each world there's a contraction. Between each world the energy is limited more and more. So in the second world, the world of Bria, there was a tremendous contraction that allows, so that created intellects should be able to receive from them Chabad, Chachm Bin and Das, to know God and to understand and apprehend something of the light of the angel of blessed is He, to the extent possible for created intellects, which are limited and, limited and finite. For we limited and finite beings to have any grasp, of Hashem, there needed to be that contraction, that limitation between Natsilus and Bria. Because if Hashem and His true glory would shine on us, we would dissolve in existence. Without their being dissolved in their existence and ceasing completely to exist as creative beings. If Hashem and His glory would, would shine, on Bruce Bonansky, Bruce Bonansky would not be here anymore. He would dis it's not that he would disappear, he just wouldn't be here. What would happen? He would, he would revert to the source and root, namely godliness itself. Not that we lost Mr. Bonansky. No. We, we've, gained, <laughs> we've gained Mr. Bonansky. The moment our true source is revealed in a powerful way, we're, we're one with it. For a while back, we gave the example of electricity. Electricity, each individual, each individu individual item plugged into the wall illuminates. But its uniqueness the moment, in this analogy, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it for now. That like a divine spark, bizarre. Everybody, everything has a divine spark. And if the godliness is fully revealed, <coughs> then it's not just a divine spark. It's a div the being just, as it says here, dissolves back to pure godliness. Why can't it be revealed and still be a divine spark? It is. But the physicality of the world that's con concealing over godliness. Good point. Let me, let me clarify a point. For you to feel like you is a terrible thing. How am I supposed to feel then? Like God. But what you just said is God is a mystery. You mean godly. No. You are God. But if you feel You're like part that, of God. You're not that not that you're the creator. But you're one with him. If every single Hashem is everything. And everything is Hashem. So how can I feel like I'm a I'm an individual if we're all the same? That's because there is a contraction and a concealment on godly energy that you know what? I, I don't believe I'm Michael. I don't normally get confused waking up in the morning, maybe I'm Michael. Have you ever had a confusion thinking you're me? Well, me. 
<laughs> you know, we don't normally have such issues, and if we do have such issues, then sometimes we'll say you need to go to the hospital. But it's your godly soul, regardless. What's if the only ability for us to so the moment we feel like an individual, that means we are we have are greatly distanced from the essence of God. Because if we were, if the essence of God were revealed in us, we wouldn't be an individual. We would be a part of God. Does that take away that each of us have deep within us a, a, a piece of, of course not. But what we are saying is that that is concealed. Does that answer the Just question? Drop, the, drop of water in the ocean? No, but we'll put it on the back burner for now. Okay, so, but let's review this point. The point is that to feel like an individual, to wake up in the morning and say, my name is Gershon, is a limitation. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. That's how Hashem made you. Well, didn't you say last time that if you're in Atzilut, in order to even be there and be that close to Hashem, you, you, you have to lose your... Exactly. That's the point I wanna, I, I'm trying to bring out. What? You have to lose your individuality. Yes. Very well said. Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, we're going to learn in a moment, are called chariots. Our forefathers are called chariots because they removed their individuality. And they said, I am a chariot for God. A chariot does whatever its writer tells them. <coughs> Atzilus is a world where our individuality is not there because our, our oneness with God is fully revealed. The ability for us to feel like an individual begins, it is more revealed in Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. And as these contractions are, making, are taking place from world to world, the greater we feel that we are an individual. Yes, Mark? Can we be both? Or do we, can we just be one? And what I mean by that is <clears throat> 10 days ago, Mark and I were down at the Kotel, and there must have been 150 of us dancing. And I didn't feel like I was an individual. I felt like I was part of something much bigger at that moment. And <clears throat> it was a very special feeling, and not one that I can easily explain, but I was so close to something that I could almost touch it. But here I am as an individual today. Sounds like a divine spark to me. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking That's about. That's a divine encounter. A spark, an encounter? I mean, if you feel like you've been hit by lightning, is that an encounter? or, a, or I, I'm being careful with the wording. Encounter. Because an hour in, in what we're learning here is that we all have a godly spark within us. So we only need to reveal that godliness. Is it possible that his divine soul and his and the other people, they united sure. in the experience? Absolutely, absolutely. Is the chariot that you spoke of for the fathers, is that the same word as the Merkava? Merkava, yeah. So I heard this question twice. <coughs> Which is the name they named the big tank. Yes. The, I, I didn't hear what you said. It's the name they give their biggest tank in Israel. Merkava. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
The question that was raised so far tonight twice is, can you experience Atsilos at times? Could it be that momentarily you had that? While you're alive. While you're alive. Well, well, the forefathers... I'm only alive at that moment. The forefathers were alive. They lived physically in this world as a chariot. So you could be alive in this world and have that experience. But actually, we're, let, let's, well, let's... Your question is the bottom paragraph, left-hand column on 194. So hold your question. It's such a good question. It's going to be addressed. Okay. Where was the Rebbe on this? Here, let's leave that for the moment. Bottom of page 192, we're going to continue the last four lines. We're learning that the, it is this Simpson, this contraction between the world of Atsilos and Bria, that is the cause of the glow of Chabad of the Ein Sof, blessed is he, illuminating the souls in the world of Bria. In other words, in Bria we learned is Gan Eden. Remember we learned that Bria and Yitzir are the lower Gan Eden and the higher Garden of Eden and there's a pillar that connects on Shabbos and Yom Tov. We, we learned that the, the souls <coughs> live in the world of Yitzira and the world of Bria and they get a, they, get a, they enjoy, they, they're able to appreciate godliness there. That's only possible because God has concealed himself. Because if they would be enjoy, if they would be have the revelation of Atsilos, they wouldn't be enjoying godliness. They would have lost, completely lost their individuality. They wouldn't anymore be they. It would be Hashem. Is, is that point clear? Is this point clear that being that everything is Hashem, the moment Hashem is fully revealed in His glory, there is nothing but Hashem. There is no me, there is no you, there is only Hashem. And the ability for there to be a me and a you reflects a great limitation on God's revel revelation. Something to think about. Mark, do you understand that point? No, but I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Question then is, at what point are you at that place, or are you ever at that place in the world that we live in today? That's similar to your previous question. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting to it. Okay. I'm getting to it. I've got I like there are multiple ways of asking the question <laughs> today. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to it. <laughs> so, the world of Atsilos, it is different in the world of Atsilos, where they, Chabad, are not subject to the same extent of Tzimtzumim. Of Tzimtzum. In Atsilos, the contraction of godliness is, is, is very little. And consequently, because godliness is shining in, in its glory, it is impossible for created intellects to apprehend them. You can't be created and understand the essence of God. That is why no thought of the created intellects can apprehend anything there. So the human, or even the angels, cannot apprehend the essence of God. And within Atsilos, close to the essence of God, is revealed. Apprehend or comprehend? Both. 
Now, I may not... That's something we could discuss later, the uh, English meaning of both of them. But I may be... Yeah. Semantic. Hence, it is the abode of the great Sadigim. That's what it says. I put in, in on your paper. The world of Atsilos is where great Sadikim, chariots of the blessed Ain Sof reside. Hen, back in the Tanya, hence, it is the abode of the great Sadikim, whose service supremely transcends even the quality of fear and love which are derived from the understanding and knowledge of his greatness, blessed be he. At Sadik, that is able to connect to the world of Atsilos is serving Hashem not even out of his intellectual understanding, which is the world of Bria. Someone who is able to understand God. And from that create a love and fear, they're able to appreciate the world of Bria. If the tzaddikim that are in the world of Atsilos, they're not, they're, they're, we're talking they're above serving God out of understanding. Because you can't, just as the world of Atilus is far beyond the understanding and knowledge of a created intellect. <coughs> In other words, a created, a human being can, cannot understand Hashem in His full glory. It's impossible. It's impossible. We're, we're finite. It's impossible to... So then, how could someone connect with the essence of Hashem? How, how could you connect with the essence of Hashem? You can't understand it. Indeed, their service has been truly in the nature of a vehicle to the Ein Sof. Blessed is He. Being nullified to Him in existence and absorbed in His light, blessed be He. They and everything they possessed through the fulfillment of the Torah and its commandments, in the way which has been said of the patriarchs, that they were truly the chariots of God, because throughout their lives this was their service. So to connect with the world of Atsilos, it, it's not going to be through understanding, it's going to be through subservience. Saying, I don't understand, and I don't care. It's not about understanding. I'm going to do what Hashem wants. It's above understanding. Does that make sense of it? Yes, except that there's a problem in this. Why do we even care about where I'm about to look? We have all we can handle to make it to Yetzirah. And if we spend our time worrying about whether we're in Yetzirah or Berea, we're not concentrating on what we need to do. It's the action of prayer and contemplation and meditation. <coughs> I, I want to comment. Tonight, I must say, is an amazing night. I mean it. Because everybody's asking questions Tanya itself is going to talk about. So these, this is very good. So you just asked my question in a different way too. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the, 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 the whole purpose of the other side of this, the other side of the non-mystical side of Judaism, is don't talk about it, get busy and do it. Talk meaning also contemplation or, you know, don't, don't sit on your tuchas and think about uh, Atzilut. 
Go out and do a charitable act for somebody you don't know. So what we're learning here is, and then if you and then if you do so that the way that right. you are supposed to on the other, on the uh, uh, non-mystical side of Judaism, it will translate whether you want it to or not. You are not the determinant. Actually, David, what we're learning here is, if you look at your paper, to jump ahead for a second, if you serve Hashem without any deeper meaning. I see it. Your, your service gets stuck. If you see, I put a picture of the tefillin. Someone that serves Hashem just does the good deed. And this is kind of, we've discussed this in the previous, you're bringing down the essence of God, but it's getting stuck down here. The intention, the fear and love of God, the, the, that's the wings we're going to use later on that's going to take it even higher. So it's the point being that you're right, the most important thing is the deed, but, but what we're adding now in these chapters is that the intention is also critical. But you, not as You understand important. I'm not arguing with you. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. So we're on the same page. Good. <laughs> what page was that? <laughs> <laughs> so now we come to everybody's question. The question is, can you sometimes be in one world, sometimes in another? Mark, you ready? I'm ready. Now, just to say, we already learned last week that you could go from the world of Yetzirah to the world of Bria. Remember we have that pillar here on the left-hand column? Mm -hmm. Could you pass me a Siddur, Baruch? Baruch, that's Siddur right there. Thank you. So I want to share with you, in these four worlds, I didn't put in the picture because I didn't want to put in too much detail. But every day throughout, within the prayer service, we touch upon each one of these worlds. For example... The morning blessings that we say until page 30, thanking Hashem for my clothing, for my belt, giving us a Torah, those are blessings that are in the lowest world, the world of Asiyah. Then we come, the prayer takes a turn to the verses of praise, praising Hashem. The praises now are in the world of Yitzira. Ooh, after we praise Hashem, we now head to the Shema. Shema is in the world of Bria. And then finally, we conclude with the Shemona Esrei, which is like a servant in front of his master. We stand up, we put our feet together, we don't talk, we're focused. Shemona Esrei is in the world of Atzilos. Mm-hmm. Every day within our, within our prayers. So we have the ability to rise, to Atzilos. And what we're going to momentarily say is, you can do that. But if you want to know where you're, uh, where you're, where you're based, some of that is not there the entire day, is based in Bria. That's what we're going to learn now. In other words, of course, you could at times go, you could take a visit. But where your base is, your base is where your greatest energy is, whether it's the fear of love through um, emotions, which is going to be in Yitzira, whether it's fear of love, fear and love through understanding in Bria, or whether it's a chariot to God in, in Atzilos. And, and, yes? Um, when we started this section, it seems like we were talking about people who had passed on. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's not that way. It seems like this world and those worlds are always interacting. 
So firstly, for me to say, I, I don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you how I, under- how I understand it. Every single thing in this world has all four worlds within it. We learn, for example, about holy people that they could see deep within a person. They could see their essence. What does that mean? Essentially, it means that at some point, it means they see the world of Atsilos within them. They're able to see the way that they're one with God. We all have our perception of something else. And yes, so let me rephrase this, Gershon. This physical book to you and me is not really physical were we to be able to have a deeper perception and see the godliness within it. Remember, the moment we see the godliness within it, its individuality has disappeared. Just one with Hashem. When you take a drop of water out of the ocean, it's now an individual drop of water. But imagine, after you took a drop of water out of the ocean, you realize that you're still in the ocean. For whatever reason, your perception was incorrect. So now the drop of water is not a drop of water. It's just part of the ocean. It's our, it's our mistaken understanding that we're all individuals. So we're all drops. We're all drops, exactly. But the moment we're covered by the water, the moment godliness is fully revealed, we're just one, one big hole. So to answer your question, the four worlds are within each and every one of us. Right now when I'm looking at you, my perception is a physical world. But if I were to be able to have a deeper perception, then I would perhaps be able to see how really you're not so physical. So then you did, did I answer your question? Well, what, what, what I was thinking of, in some religions there's, and I think even some, some beliefs in Judaism, there's the living world and there's the world when you pass on. World to come. The world to come. But it seems like it's not so, it's kind of a gray area that there is a, uh, that they're, they're all connected at one time. There isn't like this demarcation when you pass. We're, we're always, there's parts of us that are always in these four worlds or parts of these four worlds. So <coughs> if I'm at one with Hashem, my identity is an illusion. True. It's true. Okay, got that, it. That's correct. Got it. All right. Does this have anything to do with the interpretation of Scripture on the various levels? Where we would be more inclined to see the esoteric aspects of Scripture as we move through these? Or is there any connection at all? It's a very good question, and I don't know the answer. I, th- I think they are connected, but I'm not sure. Let's see this inside. Page 194, left-hand column. But as for him whose soul's root is too small to contain such perfect service, 
I don't have the ability to be a chariot for God. I'm an individual, so as to be nullified and absorbed in His light, blessed be He, by constant service. I don't have the ability to constantly serve God as a chariot. However, at such intervals and times which are propitious on high, yes, then I'm able to accomplish it. For example, during the prayer of the Amida, which is in the world of Atsilos, as we mentioned. Especially... Even within the Amida, there's a unique moment, which is when we bow down. We bow down to the Amida four times. The moment that we... Are you familiar with what it means to bow down in Shemona Esrei? What it means to bow down is not that we actually prostrate ourselves on the floor, but we bend our knees and then bend our back. That moment is like a servant bowing to his master. That moment is a moment saying that we are a chariot to you, God. So at that moment that we bow down, it's a moment that we're connecting with the world of Atzilus, as explained in Priyat Chaim on the prayer of the inauguration of Shabbos. Since it symbolizes that bowing down symbolizes self-nullification in his life, blessed be he, to be accounted as nothing at all before him. So someone that just when he prays, he's able to connect with the world of Atsilos. But not generally in such a case, therefore, the principal abode of his soul is in the world of, of Bria. Really, his soul is in the second world. And however, only occasionally at propitious times does his soul ascend to Atsilos by virtue of the feminine waters, as is known to the students of Kabbalah. What's feminine waters? So, in Kabbalah we talk about the, fem- the female and male relationship starts with the female arousing the male's interest. So, so f- the feminine waters is that the female is going to be the, the Yid, the Jew, has a caused a certain delight to Hashem, feminine waters, and therefore, he's going to be able to have that connection to the world of Atsilos. That's the, the male reciprocating back. For, we'll talk more about it. Yes, yes. In, in, in almost all of the literary references in sacred works, <coughs> There's a work that preceded the Zohar, and I can't think of it. I read it. Sefer Yitzira. Pardon me? Sefer Yitzira? No. Um, but it discusses in length this relationship. Shira Shirim? Okay. Anyway, um, Israel is almost always, in fact, I can't think of any exceptions referred to as the feminine and God as the masculine part of the relationship and they are complete when they are combined. Yes. So now we're going to put it all together and revert back to intention. So we've just shared and here we, if we look at our paper it will help us. Someone that serves God with love and fear from his mind. You have the picture of the mind is in the world is in the world of Bria. Someone that serves Hashem with fear and love from his heart is in the world of Yitzir. You have a heart. And Tanya is going to share 
if you want to know where this mitzvah, what, where this mitzvah is, focus on its reward, and that will tell you how great it is. The reward of a mitzvah will tell you how great it is. Why should we bother with the reward? Should we not just simply do the mitzvah? If you want to just know, if you want to know its greatness. Now, we're not talking about one mitzvah over the other. We're talking about the method to do a mitzvah. The greatness of, the, of doing the mitzvah in this way over another way will be known by its reward. So if we want to know the greatness of how to do a mitzvah, let's look at its reward. <coughs> we don't serve Hashem for the reward, but the reward is a reflection to us of its greatness. But let's see it inside. The holy word will say much better than I. The reward of a commandment is a commandment itself. Doing the mitzvah brings down a godly energy, and that's the greatest reward. But another way is, means that from the reward we know its essence and rank. When you, when you know the reward of the mitzvah, here's the wording of Tanya, David, you know its essence and rank. If you want to know its essence and rank, look at its reward. Like David mentioned before, but we do not concern ourselves with es esoteric matters which are related to the great tzaddikim who are at the level of a vehicle. We're not concerned here about being on the level of atzilos. It's not for you and I. Our concern is with matters that are revealed to us, to which every man should aspire to, to know with certainty the essence and quality of divine service, with the conscious fear and love in one's heart, if you serve Hashem, with fear and love that comes from understanding and knowledge of the greatness of the angels. So blessed is he, which world is that service going to be in? If you're serving Hashem with love and fear that came from your intelligence, which world... Baruch point again, Bria. Bria. Oops. No, no, you're, you're good. But w the love and fear was created through your intellect. So then it's coming through, has its place in the sphere of Bria. And of the service with the natural fear and love in the mind, which world is service of Hashem with the natural love and fear in? Yitzira. Which is in the tenth sphere of Yitzira. And this is a point Tanya wants to bring out now. But a service without the inspiration of love and fear, even in the mind, in a conscious state, that is to say, without arousing the natural love which is hidden in the heart, and bringing it out of the concealment and recesses of the heart into the consciousness of the mind, and the latency of the heart at any rate, if someone is going to go ahead, and serve Hashem, amazing, they're doing Torah and mitzvot, but there is no love and fear, it's, as we'll learn later, you know why they're learning Torah? Because they want to be smart. It has nothing to do with God. They want to give a good speech, and uh, Torah has some inspiration for their speech. But the fear and love remains hidden in the heart, as at birth, as it was prior to the service, such a service remains below in the world of separateness. The world of Asiya in this world, called the externality of the worlds. So if you remember, we learned last week that if something connects to the ten Sephirot, it goes straight to God, because all the Sephirot have the chains one to the other. But the Torah and Mitzvot, if it's done, 
if it's done with no fear and love of God, if it's done with no inner meaning, it, it's stuck. It has no power to rise and be absorbed in His unity, blessed be He, in the ten holy spheres, As is written in the Tikkunim, that without fear and love it cannot soar upwards, nor can it ascend, ascend and stand before God. We could, the most important thing is to do Torah and mitzvahs. That's the most important thing. Do it because you want to be a Torah scholar. Do it because you're haughty. I don't care why. Do it. The most important thing is the action. However, why? We'll learn next week. It's an important piece. And I hope you'll come back, so I'm not going to tell you the answer now. Next week we're going to learn why you should do it, even if you're doing it for your self-glorification. Still learn and do mitzvahs. But know that if you do it without either the natural fear or love, fear and love on the lowest, then it gets stuck in the world of Asiya. It, it gets stuck in the world. To so put you, this, you still have a chain like connecting that. Only if it connected to the spherot. But that's what I tried to show in the person that's putting on tefillin. Oh, that's not able to connect to the spherot if there's no fear and love. It gets stuck in the world. Do you remember last week we discussed the world and the channels within it? To put this in other words, as we'll learn later in Tanya, fear and love are called wings. 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 Wings of a bird. And if you want your, your good deeds to have wings, to be able to float to God, well, you have to put the wings on them. Otherwise, like the story I shared with you of the Baal Shem Tov, where everything stayed down into the show. The prayers weren't able to ascend. Let's put this all together and, and, and we'll, we'll conclude here. Atzilos is a world where Hashem's greatness is revealed. And therefore, we can't understand it. We can't. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Hashem says we can't understand it. But that's not our focus. Our focus is the lower three worlds which we can't understand. And by looking where our, our good deeds will take us to which world, we'll understand their rank. So if you do a good deed, using your intellect, your love created out of fear, out of an intellectual fear and love, that will take you to the second world. Amazing, to the world of Bria. If you do it, if you went ahead, and while you're learning now, you're on fire because you love Hashem, it's just a natural fear and love. You can't explain it, but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm on fire today. I love, I, that's in the world of Yitzira. But if you're here because Mr. Bonansky pulled your teeth and said, if you don't come, you'll be in trouble, <laughs> then it's amazing. Because every moment you're here, you're drawing down the essence of God. So Mr. Bernanski, keep on pulling teeth. Because the most important thing is the good deed. But temporarily, the good deed is stuck and can't fly higher. Any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, it seems to me as we have progressed through this, the process is more important than outcome in that the goal is to be a Benoni, it's not to be a Tzadik. And if we pursue the process, we will, in, in essence, be Benonis 
not to pursue the process and to get high-centered in the CIA uh, is not to be a Benoni. Uh, and I make that comment to tie to the beginnings of our studies. Our focus is to be a Benoni. Thank you. Any other questions, comments, concerns? Yes, more about well, I know this is way back. I should, I should have understood this thing now, but um, we, like, like Fushan was saying before, um, we learned last week that this has to do with the souls that are already in the next world. And they, they, have, they have these different worlds. But as a person who's still alive, we have access to this. I thought only Sadiqan could be in Atsilos. In Atsilos could reside there. But we have the ability at times to momentarily connect. For example, if we're truly connected with the Shmon Asrei prayer, during the moment that we bow down, that's a moment of Atsilos. Can a child have that ability, Rabbi? Absolutely. Without being learned? So, interesting, the world of Atsilos is not about being learned, it's about self-nullification to God. Apparently the Alter Rebbe did. What do you mean? He moved to a much higher level very fast at a very young age. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Thanks.